feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby show. It looks like President Biden, I think, is planning to run for another term. And I'll tell you why. Despite, obviously, some flailing poll numbers and despite, obviously, all the issues with the documents and the classified documents that seem to be showing up all over the place near the Corvette, his beloved Corvette at the Wilmington, Delaware home and everywhere else, it seems. Despite all of that and all the questions, I think it looks like he and maybe even the Democrats are sort of preparing him to basically run for office. Uh, This is why. Now, listen to me. Hear me out on this. This is interesting. I thought for a while ago that he was not going to be running again. I thought things just looked so bad and such a mess with the documents. I agree with you. I do think there's clearly been some serious mishandling, and there's clearly been a lot of problems with the documents. There's no question about that. And I think we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Miranda Devine at the New York Post was reporting that there's some email uh, that she has seen that has basically coming from Hunter Biden's laptop that talks about sort of classified documents almost. It sort of intimates or sounds like it's a classified document. That's obviously a problem. If he was sharing any sort of classified information with his son, we know, of course, the son was living in that Wilmington, Delaware house. So there's still a lot of things that could explode on this front. But I think given what happened with Mike Pence saying he found documents at his home, we know that President Trump found documents, obviously, in Mar-a-Lago. The latest word, even Jimmy Carter found classified documents in his home after leaving office in 1981. So it's a pretty common occurrence. But I still contend that there's a big difference in the way that President Biden has handled it and his stonewalling Over and over again, not just with the media, but now as we're hearing also with Congress, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, because there's a lot of efforts by Congress where they really want to get access to these documents, find out, most importantly, what is the essence of them so they know if national security was compromised. And it looks like the White House has been doing everything they can and the DOJ not to basically allow Congress to do their job and to step in on any shape or form. So there's a lot of questions there. So this is still a big if. But today, President Biden was down there in Virginia. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Virginia is sort of a purple state. You know, it's a state we know Glenn Youngkin did really well. And Glenn Youngkin, who knows, maybe he might be on the list to run on the GOP side. But if you listen to the way President Biden has been talking in the last few weeks, he's sounding more and more like a candidate I don't know if he realizes how bad I think it looks with all the documents and everything that happened with the Corvette and Hunter Biden and all that other stuff. But he's clearly kind of going back into campaign mode. And we know right before the midterms, Mr. You know, nice guy wasn't so nice. Remember, he started talking basically and going on and on and on about the extreme MAGA Republicans and how they were a threat to democracy. And it was the end of the world, basically, if you were a MAGA Republican. Well, he started doing that again today. And that's why when I saw that, I thought that's really interesting 
He is kind of going back to his old playbook. And he probably thinks, okay, listen, that's what he believes helped him at the midterms. That's clearly the strategy that the Democrats believe helped them in the midterms. And so Biden's kind of going back to his old bag of tricks and not sounding like Mr. Nice Guy anymore. I mean, he's angry at the press, clearly, that's asking him questions about the documents. But now he's really kind of going full throttle and really going after anything that's MAGA, anything that's GOP. I mean, he's just bashing left and right. And it's that same strategy that he went through basically right before the midterms. Remember, it was like, oh, I'm such a nice guy. I'm such a nice guy. And then it's like, oh, gosh, it's about uh, two or three weeks before the midterms. I got to really start lashing out. And we saw that also, by the way, with Hakeem Jeffries when he became the minority leader. Remember the night when Kevin McCarthy, I remember we were alive when the whole thing was happening with all the votes and everything else with Kevin McCarthy to become the speaker. Well, Hakeem Jeffries goes up and does a speech first. And Hakeem Jeffries' speech was just downright sort of like blasting MAGA Republicans, saying documents found in Mar-a-Lago and doing all this other stuff. So it's that same sort of strategy that you could see as a concerted effort by the Democrats. And I don't think it's a mistake that today, just a few hours ago, President Biden was in Virginia and he really kind of went back to his old playbook. And Virginia is an important state to try to win if you want to run for president again. So don't count Joe out. I mean, I think don't count Hunter Biden for getting into even more mess. And don't count Joe Biden out for getting into more problems with the documents, because I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. But don't count Joe out that he's not going to try to run for president again, that he's not going to try to run for reelection. I thought it was the end of the line. I really did when I saw these document stuff. But now, I don't know. Today, he sounded like he is kind of going for it again. Here is what he said a little bit ago. And take a listen. Doesn't this sound just like he did right before the midterms? Look, uh, we're moving in the right direction. Now we've got to protect those gains. We've got to protect those gains that our policies have generated. Protect them from the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives who are threatening to destroy this progress. Look, you know, this ain't your father's Republican Party. This is a different breed of cat, as they say. Different breed of cat. This ain't your dad's Republican Party. So this sounds just like the good old soft Joe, right, that we heard right before the elections. Remember, he said, oh, I'm the nice guy. I'm going to bring back decency. I'm going to do all these things. But if you're a MAGA Republican or you even have any sort of thought that you might like anything to do with President Trump or any of his policies, well, then you're basically a maggot. You know, forget about being a MAGA. You're a maggot. That's basically his strategy, and he looks like he's going right back to it. So that's why I almost think maybe he thinks, well, I can say, listen, everybody had the documents. Mike Pence had the documents. As I just brought up, Jimmy Carter found some documents right after he left. So is he looking that he's maybe now going to get cover because Pence got it? And maybe he's hoping everything's just going to wash away and nobody maybe is going to look into Hunter and him paying $50,000 a month? That may be his strategy. And maybe he just hangs out in his, uh, you know, basement like he did, basically, remember, before the election last time. And it worked, you know. I mean, so is this the winning strategy for Joe Biden? What do you think, guys? It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you think this is a sign that Joe Biden is going to run again? Do you think he has any chance in heck 
at becoming the president again, continuing, of course, now for a second term to try to do that. And do you think also, separate than all of this, that this is just obvious how he really feels? You know, it's like I feel like we've seen the real Joe in the last like few weeks between him being nasty to reporters who ask a question. It's like scram. You know, what are you asking a question about documents for? Just because I had strewn all over the Penn Biden Center and all over the garage and everything else. Don't worry about that. No problem with that. Why are you bugging me? You know, it's like, gosh, they're so nasty to me. And he's had like one one thousandth of what Trump had basically on day one. Forget about his whole time in office. So do you think, though, that Joe Biden is just thinking he can kind of bully his way to continue in the White House? Because clearly that's the strategy. When I heard it today, it sounds so eerily similar to what he was doing right before the midterms. And also what you heard him do even right before his White House run. You know, they're going back to sort of their old playbook is we can't talk about our policies. We can't talk about, you know, what we've done. He brought up today that the economy is doing well. Tell that to Google and everybody else where there's all these layoffs. But in addition to that, you know, he's like, oh, my economy is better than Trump's. Well, Trump had the COVID, COVID virus. Remember, he had all the issues with it. He had it was thrust upon the world. There's no country in the world that had a good economy at that time. But a lot of them bounce back quicker than Joe Biden did, you know, in terms of the way he's handled the economy. So he can't really talk about policies. They don't really have much to run on in terms of issues. So he's going back to MAGA bad, we're good. MAGA maggots, and we're good. That's basically going to be, it looks like, his strategy. And everyone's saying that if he wants to run, He or anybody else wants to run, whether it's Republican or Democratic side, because right now we just know it's President Trump running. But if anybody wants to run, they got to hurry up and get there. They got to hurry up and start doing it, because basically spring is when things start really cooking. And then, of course, it's that whole year. You got primary debates, probably potentially on, on both sides. We'll see. You know, and then in addition to that, then you've got a whole big election year. I mean, it gets really quick. Fast and big. And so you got to gear up. You got to get the machine in place. I mean, obviously, it's not as big of a deal if you're the president. It's not, you got a platform already. But is he taking the word bully pulpit to a whole new level? I think so, as we have seen now in the last few hours. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to let's go to Alex. Line one. Alex, your thoughts about all this. Isn't this amazing? He sounds like he's running again, Alex. I just heard that kind of Biden, like little insinuations and comments and then his blatant swipes. There's no way to avoid. You know, it's just he's going full throttled, Alex. Oh, man. And of course, he's going to run. Listen, he's surprised he made it in 2020. So if he made it in 2020, why shouldn't he make it in 2024 is what he's thinking, because he was the weakest candidate ever running for president. Obviously, it's a different situation because he screwed up the country. But here's the thing. Yeah, by the you way, mentioned by the strategy. way Alex, Alex, I, I'll let you finish, but I have to laugh because you're like, oh, by the way, yeah, he screwed up the country. But uh, yeah, anyway, right. It's like such a uh, such a classic. But you're right. It's like, what a mess. Go ahead. <laughs> No, but you you mentioned the strategy that he's using, and it's something that helped him in 2024. And 
uh, in 2020 and in this recent midterm election. And that was going against and hitting on Trump and the MAGA movement because the Democrats hate Trump. But the thing is, it's not going to help them for the 2024 election because Joe has to go through this primary election season. Right. And going and he's going to have to get Democrats to vote for him. He's probably the least Democratic candidate now. So to say, oh, Trump is bad, that's not going to get people to vote for him because all the other Democrats are going to say the same thing. And uh, they're not the ones that screwed up the country like Joe did. In fact, Fetterman would I think Fetterman, if he wants to run and he says, I'll be unifying, unlike Joe Biden, which is what Joe Biden said when he ran in 2020, Fetterman can make it. I think anybody can make Fetterman, it over Joe Biden yeah, in the mean, primary. You mean Fetterman uh, getting it as a uh, as a senator? You mean him winning the Senate seat? No, no. As as for the winning the primary, if he would run against Trump, Joe Biden, I think he could win. Oh, my God. Um, I Alex. actually think the handlers. Alex. I think the handlers. Yep. By the way, I'm having a heart attack thinking about Fetterman. Can you imagine that guy? It'll be like, uh, 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 wow. But, but you know what? You may be right. He, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's thinking about it. Alex, thanks for the great call. We're going to continue more, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. and the land of confusion because I'm confused every time I hear President Biden. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yesterday he was doing a speech and it was like, uh, I thought, is he going to fall asleep? I mean, I was falling asleep listening to him. It was so painful. And yet somehow he got a little bit of his mojo on today um, and he started talking about how bad Republicans are. He kind of it's like somebody probably has a card in front of him saying orange man bad. Anybody who likes Orange Man bad, they're end of the world, threat to a republic, and just kind of keep saying that over and over again, Mr. President, and don't shake hands with the air. Those are probably what the cards say. Anyway, here's a little bit more. I want to play a little bit more of President Biden today unleashing, again, on his favorite topic, MAGA Republicans. So we have a rhetorical question. What in God's name would the Americans give up the progress we've made for the chaos they're suggesting? I don't get it. That's why the MAGA Republicans deliberately choose to inflict this kind of pain on the American people. Why? Why? This nation has gone through too much. We've come too far to let that happen. I will not let it happen. Not on my watch. I will veto everything they send us. Wow. He had a little bit of fire, though. At least he sounded like he had a pulse today. That's a good thing. What are your thoughts, everybody? It looks like Joe Biden is preparing to run. Remember, the plan was after the State of the Union, which is February 27th. Um, and um, we'll be talking about it here that night for sure on the show. Can't wait to hear his list of achievements. Who was it, Stan, who called yesterday? Remember Stan and he wasn't there. A lot of you were commenting about it afterwards because, remember, we're like, oh, best call ever. He didn't say anything, right? And then I talked about the book, that somebody has like the book of accomplishments and you open it up and it's blank. That's sort of what's going to happen with Biden. But somebody's going to fill it in and say, ah, tell everybody you've been the greatest president ever. Okay, you know, it's definitely going to be empty unless somebody can kind of come up with a couple accomplishments. But despite that, it sounds like he sounds like a guy gearing up to run. And I say that also 
because of the Martin Luther King Day speech. Remember, he did a speech on Martin Luther King Day on that Monday. And here is a day to honor one of the greatest Americans ever. And he spent the time trashing police officers again, saying, why did they use deadly force? Well, they do deadly force to stop a bad guy and to protect themselves. So it's like, but he sounded again like he was doing a campaign stump speech at what should have been a tribute to Martin Luther King. And then here today, he's in Virginia. And again, it's MAGA bad, MAGA bad, and Biden good. That's basically the motto there. Uh, Is that a winning strategy? Does anybody think that Biden could win again? And does he sound like a guy who's planning to run again, despite what could be a lot of bad stuff coming out in terms of the documents and Hunter Biden and all that? But it sounds to me like he thinks he can weather the storm. Can he? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Um, Judith, I understand you want to comment about uh, Alex, who just called up a second ago, who was talking about uh, Fetterman and Biden. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. So, so, so I have to tell you, because he called and he said that, I said, OK, I can't resist. 2024, it's going to be Biden and Fetterman because it's a no-brainer. Whoa! <laughs> Judith, that's a good one. I usually I'm usually I'm very listen, Rita, I'm usually very original, but this is this I heard and I couldn't I couldn't resist. I heard that. But you know what? This Biden guy is such a wrecking ball. The minute he got into office, first hour, he 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 closed down and shut down the pipeline, the gas pipeline. And that it that trickled down to everything till now. Eggs, dozen eggs are $8 and more, okay? What is he talking about? The gas prices, everything. Everything is so chaotic already since he came into power in, in these two years. And he just, it's like unbelievable. I mean, I don't know. Where, who votes for this man? Who, 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 except for Stan, of course, and Forrest Hills, of course. You know? Yes, of course. Exactly. Of course. You got like Stan and Ted, right? The, the are two, you know, who constantly call up and like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, they like eat, sleep and breathe how much they hate Trump. But but yeah, but, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I was laughing. I had the same reaction, by the way. And I'm glad you repeated the line wherever you got it from the no brainer. It's still a good line. So it's still worth repeating. It is. Judith. Line, yeah. it is. Yeah. But yeah. my first thought but, you know, was. I mean, but, Judith, I actually it's crazy because you sit there and you hear what Alex was just saying, like, oh, he's going to run or whatever. You know, I mean, obviously, I think part of it is tongue in cheek. But I actually don't rule it out because a lot of people thought Fetterman would never Rita. make it. You know, are you kidding me? Rita, Rita, how about George Santos? <laughs> <laughs> he'll be, no, you know, he'll be, he'll be their campaign, their treasurer. How's that? <laughs> yes, Judith, anything goes now. It's insane, insane. We got the whole cabinet there, Judith. Thank you very much. You're awesome. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's a This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents... And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and, of course, their families. A powerful story coming from Charlotte, North Carolina, where I used to work. I used to be a host at WBTV in Charlotte. 
Uh, so I love that city so, so much. By the way, video released by the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, where there's some awesome folks there that I got to know during my time, shows the moments leading up to the shooting of a police officer by a woman who was being served with an involuntary commitment offer, off uh, order rather, and how her body-worn camera on the female officer saved her life. So officers traveled to the home of a suspect, Brenda Donahue, to transport her to a hospital for evaluation under an involuntary commitment order, which is issued, of course, by the court when a person is believed to be a danger to themselves or to others. A man answered the door to the officers, but the woman reportedly told the man to tell police that she was sleeping. However, officers entered the home, but just as they were walking up the stairs, Brenda Donahue fired a shot, as you see in a video, and the bullet hit one of the officers and her body-worn camera, prompting officers to die for cover in the home and thankfully saving the officer's life. Imagine the bullet hit right there where the camera was. Now, a short time later, officers attempted to approach Brenda Donahue's bedroom once again. And get this, she quickly exited, pointing a firearm in the direction of the officers. At that time, an officer shot at Donahue and missed, and then the officer fired a second shot and struck her. Officers called for backup and gave her CPR until medics arrived. And again, an extraordinary story of how that body-worn camera by that female officer saved her life. It also just goes to show how difficult it is for officers when they respond to these calls for involuntary commitment. These are folks with, you know, severe mental illness, showing propensity for violence to themselves or others. Uh, It's something that we heard about with Eric Adams in New York saying that he's going to be pushing for that to get some of these people off the streets because often they're committing crimes. And it just shows in this particular case how potentially deadly it could have been for our law enforcement. Well, we are talking about Joe Biden, who, as I mentioned, on Martin Luther King Day, which was not that long ago. Here's a day to honor one of the greatest Americans, one of the greatest civil rights activists ever, and I think one of the most amazing human beings ever. And instead of really talking about Martin Luther King, and he was there at Al Sharpton's group, too, by the way, nonetheless, when he was talking, um, instead of that, he used the opportunity to basically bash police, basically say, oh, it's their heavy hand, and it's this, you know, how they use deadly force. Why did they do that? We're going to train them basically to be social workers as opposed to police officers. It sort of sounded a little bit like the mantra of what he was doing right before he was running for president. Even though in between he's like, no, no, I've never kind of ostracized police. I've never defunded police. But he kind of went back to the same old playbook. And then he also, in the last day or two, really in the last, you know, 10, 12 hours, has really kind of come out swinging again against anything that's tied to Trump. You could tell he is probably not going to try to run on his own record if he runs again. And I think it sounds like he is now. But if he comes out and says, I'm going to run... He's not going to say, look at my accomplishments, Joe Biden. He's going to do basically the same plan that he did right before the midterms and basically pretty similar to what he did right before running for president this time because he's run a lot, but this time. And remember, he basically stayed in the basement, basically didn't say anything, basically avoided the media, which he would love to do right now with all the documents debacle and everything else basically stonewalled any sort of investigation of his son or anything else. And that seems to be happening now, too. We're going to get to that later on. And then in the middle of all that, 
He doesn't really say anything. And all he does is like, oh, anybody MAGA is a threat to democracy and we're the greatest things. We're just not that. So vote us because we're not that. And that looks like what he's doing again. And it's not just him. As I mentioned, it's also also leaders on the Democratic side other than the president. Hakeem Jeffries, who took over for Nancy Pelosi, again, who decided to step away as speaker. Now she's, of course, not speaker anymore. It's Kevin McCarthy. But when Hakeem Jeffries became minority leader, he also was taking a lot of swipes. So, you know, he's taking cues from the White House. It's all orchestrated. It's so orchestrated. The whole thing is going to go after anybody tied to Trump. And that's going to be their campaign. Vote for me again for president. I'm Joe Biden because I'm not Trump. Whether Trump stays in the race or not. And it looks like obviously he's in it. And I think he's in it to win it. But what are your thoughts about all of this? And is this strategy effective? Is going back to the old kind of nasty playbook worth repeating again for Joe Biden from a political strategy? And how divisive from a moral strategy is that for America at a time where people are so divided to begin with? And he's going to continue that division. He's not doing anything to bring the sides together. Remember, he said he was going to be a president for all America. And clearly, he doesn't believe anybody tied to MAGA is America. I mean, the vitriol is really unbelievable. And as I brought up, Hakeem Jeffries, who is the new minority leader, he basically is on the same page with Biden. This is what he said just a little bit ago. Take a listen to what Hakeem Jeffries said. There's a big contrast between House Democrats and House Republicans, between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, between Team Normal and Team Extreme. What Team Normal is doing, the Democrats, led by President Biden, is to continue to improve the American economy for everyday Americans. Yeah, for everyday Americans. Don't worry about the gas prices. Don't worry that I killed your energy independence. Don't worry about any of that. Don't worry about that I pulled out of Afghanistan, leaving $85 billion worth of equipment behind. Don't worry about that. And here is Joe Biden again just a few hours ago. As I mentioned, his strategy is bash, 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 MAGA, MAGA, basically, or maggots. Listen to him. Look, uh, we're moving in the right direction. Now we've got to protect those gains. We've got to protect those gains that our policies have generated. Protect them from the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives who are threatening to destroy this progress. Look, you know, this ain't your father's Republican Party. This is a different breed of cat, as they say. Did you think it was your father's Republican Party? No, it ain't, Kat. What do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. Well, here is Dana Perino on The Five on Fox giving her take of where she thinks Joe Biden and the Democratic Party is heading as we're heading into now clearly a big, big, hot and heated election season right around the corner. I think the Democrats, they are crass. They are doing exactly what you would want to do politically to put them in a position to help him run for re-election. He goes to Virginia today. That's an important state for them. It's pretty much a purplish state because uh, Obama had done very well there. Um, but Youngkin won right. as a Republican. It's just a purplish state. So they got to lock down Virginia. He's doing a lot of these things before the State of the Union on February 7th. And you're going to see more of it. He's doing two fundraisers for the DNC next week. So the White House is doing everything that they need to do to put him in position to run. And she also believes they're going to not only kind of continue this bashing, they're also going to continue to hide Joe Biden, just like they did on the last one. 
I mean, that is a shocker. Take a listen. Here's a little bit more of what Dana Perino, again, remember, former White House press secretary, she says she is seeing a pattern that basically this will be a part two of his presidential race. Take a listen. They are not letting him do a lot of interviews. You'll notice that because he's got the document issue that he has to deal with. And they also pre-release so much of the speech, including punchlines and jokes, because they want those to be in the media, the print media, because you're not going to necessarily get a clean soundbite. And that's fine. They know that about him. But they also know, okay, what are the Republicans weak on? Let's say this for the Republicans. At least they're talking about ideas. So what do you think? Of this strategy that he sounds like he's going to do part two again. And his whole strategy is going to be Trump and MAGA bad. And that's why you want to elect me. Well, you certainly can't run on trustworthiness now, President Biden, given the whole way you have handled the documents, given the whole way you've handled so many of these issues. And the press isn't so happy with him anymore. So he's not going to, I don't think, get as much of a free ride as he clearly was in the last one. Remember what a soft, like, pass they gave him? So I think this time it's going to be a little bumpier because the press is fed up with him. They feel he's been stonewalling, as he has been on the documents and so much more. So, and he might even be primary, too, if he does run. I don't count that out. So what are your thoughts about all of this? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anthony, line one. Um, Anthony, we were just talking about John Fetterman. I, 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 I say this with a straight face that, first of all, I didn't think he would be able to handle himself even through a debate, or, and he barely did, obviously. But don't rule anything out. The guy is now in the Senate, and clearly they don't care. So maybe he is going to run. What do you think, Anthony? And and can you imagine a him and Biden ticket? It's called the coma ticket. Go ahead. Well, anyway, uh, who, who's going to be his team to, to lead him through all this? The foreign policies and the, the overseas adversaries and all that. There's, you know, the world leaders see all this stuff that Biden does, and they they watch everything that happens in the United States of America. Yeah, and you know what also, Anthony, too, the other thing, too, is that you're right, because they're watching. And that's why that withdrawal of Afghanistan was so, I think, disastrous for American policy. That's why they're watching to see how does he handle Ukraine now, um, allowing the minor incursion, no big deal. I, I contend so much of the reason we are where we are is because we didn't have a strong president at the time. So there's a lot of questions. Um, but you're right. They are watching it and they're seeing it and they're seeing Fetterman getting elected and they're seeing people just not caring, just putting a body, uh, somebody who can't even articulate and who had even his policies were so loony. I mean, that guy is so loony lefty. Just look at his policies. Forget even his lack of ability to communicate, um, which I do think, sadly, is an important role. I mean, uh, no disrespect for him. He went through it. You know, he had a stroke. He's got to get help. But he also needs help with his policies, too. Let's go to Johnny, line two. Johnny, your thoughts. Yeah, this is Johnny. Uh, Hey, uh, I think uh, we got to go back to somebody in the past who said, hey, Dad, you got to run. And, of course, that keeps the family and him out of jail. Ah, are you thinking of good old Hunter? Is that who you're saying? Yeah, that's the big motivation to run. It keeps them out of jail. Well, short term, short term, because well, sure, because, you know, the, the, it's a double edged sword, Johnny, you know, and you know that because think about it. If if Biden let, didn't run again, 
I think the Republicans would still want to get to the bottom of it because there's so many fishy things and there's so many issues that happen with the hunter and the delayed of telling the story and so many questions. But I think he'll feel a lot more heat if he stays in the race. So you're right. It would keep him out of jail, but it would also, on the flip side, put Hunter and the big guy potentially, obviously, in the spotlight. What do you think about that, Johnny? What are your thoughts? Do you think that it's a double-edged sword that Hunter uh, maybe could, like, go away to a little private island with his Corvette and his chickadees, but he might not be able to do that if Daddy's back in the White House? Go ahead. Well, just remember, the, uh, a lot of Democrats are also tied to that situation. And Biden and they don't think like you and I do. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Not everybody's as sane as we are, Johnny. That's for sure. Let's go to Mike. Line three. Mike, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden had a very, very bad stomachache. He was doubling up. So his wife said, what's wrong? He says, I'm doubling up in pain. She gave him a piece of paper and she said, read this paper. The paper said, open door. Go through the through the door into the room. There is another door. Open that one. You will see a seat with a hole in the the middle of it. Loosen your belt, drop your pants, pull down your underwear, sit on the hole that has the seat and squeeze. Oh, my God. Michael, and then you, Michael, you hear plop, where are you headed plop. with this? Where are you headed with this? Like, I mean, you're getting over the top. Where are you headed? You, 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 you hear plop, plop. When you are done, stand up. You will see a roll of paper. Take the paper. So wait, wait, wait. Hang on, Michael. Michael, Michael, you're getting into all this like I don't need bathroom changing. Brain dead. The guy is He needs a paper to tell him to go to the bathroom. By the way, I thought that's what you said, but we didn't need the whole graphic description of what happens in the bathroom. (laughs) But but your point is a good one, Michael, that that, yes, he is clearly disconnected. He is clearly having problems and he clearly is out of touch on so many ways. And the thought that he is going to run, uh, potentially, it looks like. And again, we'll find out soon after, you know, the State of the Union, which is, again, February 7th. That's not that far away. Whoa, you might need a whole bunch of toilet paper for that one. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Biden sounding like he plans to run again. Uh, this is Brian Kilmeade, of course, WABC radio host and also Fox News host, uh, basically saying that he thinks the same thing after some of the rhetoric we heard from Biden today. Two months after the election, we're, we're doing politics. If there was ever a time to lead the country and not your party, it's two months after an election and you haven't said I'm running for re-election again. So just tell me your vision. Tell us your vision or instead bash the other guy, which is basically Biden's strategy. And it sounds like he's gearing up for it again. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to let's go to Dave um, in Pennsylvania. Line five. Uh, Dave, your thoughts. Do you think he is going to run again? Uh, yeah, thanks, Dave. I call. No, I, I don't think so. I think you have to a couple of things. One, what do we expect from Joe Biden when he goes out in the public? 
I mean, he's really is the wind-up political talking doll in a way. He knows how to say bad things about Republicans, good things about himself. And so I think it's only natural that you're going to expect to hear that come from him. I I don't look at that as an indicator that he's interested in running. Uh, Number two, I believe, I think that the Democratic Party puppet masters are assuming that Joe Biden will probably risk for impeachment. He should be impeached and held accountable for the disastrous policies and the the hell he brought onto this country. Republicans don't do that. Then all all bets are off. They're, They're letting the Democratic agenda get away with murder well that, and, by the, and by the way dave i think your point um that the republicans are going to start playing a little bit more hardball i think is correct don't you i mean i think they're starting to look with kevin mccarthy and james comer and those guys realizing uh that you can't always play mr nice guy when the other side is doing slings and arrows left and right go ahead yeah i know 100 i agree uh and furthermore i think a case study showing the failure of Republican leadership is in Pennsylvania. You know, we, we see, you know, Fetterman and Shapiro should, should have been made out to be political pry if the Republican leaders held them accountable, held the Wolf administration accountable. The Wolf administration should have been impeached for their COVID policy. I don't know if you're familiar with all the things that they did. No, absolutely. The whole Tom Wolf stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So they, they, if the public hearing, if the Republican Party held them accountable, they should have been made out to be political pariah. And they should have never even had a chance of being elected. But nobody ever talks about that. They didn't pick about what maybe one of the candidates said or didn't say when, when in fact, these two clowns were, were abominable uh, leftists that were tied to a very corrupt um, uh, government, a uh, governor administration. And that, to me, that's why this is extremely imperative that the Republican Party really focus in on what's really important. That's what the dangers that they've done. The Democratic Party puppet master wanted to distract from that. That's why, as I mentioned earlier, the document issue is, is a very benign thing. No one will, nobody's harsh uh, strings will be tugged because Joe Biden allegedly mishandled documents that he, his own lawyers, brought to the American attention, American media attention. Well, know, see, I, di- I, I actually disagree, and not not because of just like you said about the documents. I I, I agree with you on the fact the documents on the surface. Where I disagree, Alex, and I think you make, by the way, some great points about Pennsylvania and the politics there, for sure. I think you're spot on. Um, But on the issue of the documents, the problem Joe has with the documents is he looks so clumsy, blubbering, or deceitful. One of the two. He's either, like, can't remember and he has national security documents strewn all over the place because his case looks so much worse than anything we've heard from anybody else. And who knows how many more documents are out there. Or the other thing is... You have to believe, well, what are the documents? And if the documents turn out, as we've heard, to deal with Iran and Ukraine and China, and what if they're tied to his son, Hunter? Oh, this could be absolutely explosive. That's where I think things could open a huge can of worms. Um, so the documents may open the door to getting subpoenas to Hunter, to get subpoenas uh, for the documents, to be able to see them, to find out what national security threat. And this Republican Party, the guys who are in control of the House now, Uh, You can see that they are ready to go after every stone, no matter where it is. Uh, Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, line eight. My friend Dom, go ahead, Dom. Yeah, Rita, you know, Joe Biden said Republicans are definitely a different breed of cat. That's because Joe's had 400 years to perfect being Lucifer, the antagonist extraordinaire. (laughs) The nine lives, nine lives, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean... Just look at the havoc he's wreaking across the country. Illegal immigration is bringing in not just fentanyl, 
but Tran-Q, the new drug, and two deadly killers. So my question is, can we now declare a Joe Biden a domestic terrorist or at least charge him with aggravated assault on innocent Americans? What, for the border? Is that where you're referring to, Dom? No, I mean, yeah, because of all the, you know, the, the, the deaths he's perpetrating because of the fentanyl and, and, and Tran-Q, can we declare Joe Biden a domestic terrorist? That's an interesting point. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and here, by the way, here is the funny thing. And, and obviously, I know you're being facetious, but it's an interesting point that it hasn't gotten. I mean, obviously, the fentanyl is an enormous issue. And obviously, what's going on at the border and the lack thereof of security and checking is a huge issue. Obviously, right now, it looks like all eyes are on Mayorkas. Clearly, they're going to go after Mayorkas first. It's a lot harder to kind of go after a uh, sitting president. Um, but uh, not to classify him as a domestic terrorist. Um, they barely have even classified cartels as domestic terrorists. So I, I think it's going to take a long time till they ever get to Joe Biden, if they're ever going to get there. Um, but I think that there's a lot of there. They're just on the border, as you talk about, with the documents. There are just so many different layers all over the place. And I think it's going to be kind of difficult for Joe Biden, um, especially the next, you know, few months, few years could be a long time for him. We're going to continue, everybody, after the break and take your calls. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, President Biden, who I think looks like, believe it or not, he may run again. Maybe he'll have Fetterman as his communications, as his press secretary, his communications director. Can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness. But anyway, we are talking about what's happening with the documents. And now there are more details that apparently the FBI is considering that he may have to have their location search, and we're talking about like the Rehoboth Beach location, a whole bunch of these other locations that still, as of yet, haven't even been checked, which to me is shocking. Think about the contrast between the way Trump was handled with the guns blazing going into Mar-a-Lago, and now here it is. It's been now two months plus, and still most of those locations haven't been checked, and the ones that have have been basically based on the honor system, that according to the White House, their attorneys basically found the documents and then reported it, and yet it's been two months and it's still just sort of hanging out there, and they're still trusting that the documents are where they said they were and trusting that there's no more documents, which I find hard to believe. Look how quick they found all these others. So in the middle of all this, Congress, as we just talked about, has changed hands. Congress is now, of course, the at least the House part of it in the GOP side. Not the Senate yet, but the House is. And so the House is going full throttle and saying, hey, we want to get information. We want to get documentation. That's James Comer and his committee. And so far, the White House has been basically saying, too bad. We're not going to let you know what were in the documents. We're, even though you have a right to know if national security was compromised, we're not going to let you know. The other issue is now tonight, the Senate, which, of course, is run by Democrats. There are Republicans, of course, on a number of key committees, but the Republicans are still in the minority on the Senate. But on the Senate side, the Senate Intel Committee is saying, 
we need to see these documents. And this is coming from Democrats and Republicans. That's what's so amazing about this. This is not like a partisan mission. They can't accuse them of being partisan because there's Republicans and Democrats on the committee both saying we should see the documents and they should. That is their role to basically assess what kind of national security compromise may or may not have occurred, what were in the documents, were they indeed China, Ukraine, all these things that we're just talking about. And so this was an extraordinary moment in the last 24 hours or so. We have seen on Capitol Hill, there was a press conference and it had basically Tom Cotton, it had Marco Rubio, it had Senator Mark Warner, who again, he's a Democrat, the other two are Republicans, of course, But they all came out and basically in a unison message said, you know what, we should see these documents. So they put a request to the White House and the White House has basically said, "Um, not right now. We're a little too busy. We're not sure if you legally we're going to give you those documents. Meanwhile, any time that President Trump or those people tried to even consider using their legal objections, it was like, oh, they're stonewalling. They're doing this. And now look, here's the Biden White House. And they are like the stonewalling kings and queens. I mean, this is crazy. And so fast forward, then they went to DOJ and they went to FBI and they said, hey, we should see the documents, too. I think it's important to know, especially with the whole thing with Hunter, to know what kind of things might or might not have been compromised. They also want to get access, by the way, to Trump's documents. That's They want to be fair. They said we want to see everybody's documents. They also said we want to see Pence's documents. Remember, he had a couple that he just announced a couple days ago were in his basically uh, safe, if you will, in his office. So, all right, so all of this goes forward. Actually, in his home, I'm just thinking in Indiana. So all this goes forward. They're subpoenaing. They're asking for questions. They're not getting any answers. So they finally went public and said, what the heck is going on? And they surmise that what is happening by this White House is they do not want to cooperate, and DOJ does not want to cooperate, and FBI doesn't want to cooperate. They don't want to do anything that they believe is going to hurt President Biden or even Hunter. Or anything else like that. And again, this comes at a time where Miranda Devine, who's a great reporter there at the New York Post, Miranda broke a story that says she's, remember, had access to the Hunter Biden laptop and says, basically, if you look at at least one of these emails on the Hunter Biden laptop, it sure looks like he's talking about classified information. That's what she's surmising. She said, it looks like it's classified information. Why does he have this laptop? Why does he have something that looks like potentially classified information? If that's not a reason to get the documents and start questioning Hunter Biden and everybody who's walked through that house and walked by that Corvette where the box of documents have been so superbly stored. I'm being facetious. I don't know what is. So here is Senator Tom Cotton who came out basically saying the Biden administration has to start cooperating because we need to know what kind of national security may or may not have been at risk. Here is Senator Tom Cotton. Take a listen. Cut 15. The administration is stonewalling Congress on the classified documents present at President Trump's residence and President Biden's residence and office, which is totally unacceptable. The members of the Intelligence Committee, for that matter, the members of Congress have an absolute right to this information so we can make an informed judgment about the risk, if any, these documents have posed to our national security by being improperly handled. That is a fair, fair request. And here is Senator Marco Rubio also saying, you know what, this is really interesting because now there's a special counsel also, remember, who's appointed, who's looking. There's one at the Trump case and then there's a separate one, as we know, 
who is looking at the Biden case. And some of you, I remember when the the word came out about the special counsel, some of you came out right away, which was really interesting, and were saying to me that you believe maybe this was a move to basically give Biden cover, that, oh, the special counsel is dealing with it. We can't give documents over here. We can't do this. We can't say anything because there's a special counsel, like to sort of provide cover for Biden, if you will. And that's sort of what Senator Marco Rubio suspects is going on here, too. Take a listen. This is what he had to say about the stonewalling by the White House. Uh, I think I speak for every member of the committee. The, the position the DNI has taken on this topic is untenable. It cannot be that uh, their answer is uh, we can't tell you what was discovered until the special counsel allows us to tell you. The information we're asking for has no bearing whatsoever. It would interfere in no way with a criminal investigation. We're not asking who had it or how they move it or who did what and who was where. We simply want to know what was this information, what was these materials that they had, so that we can make an honest assessment when they provide us a risk assessment of whether or not they've taken the proper mitigation, if any was necessary. And to say that they're not going to share any with us as long as the special counsel doesn't allow them to share it with us, that's an untenable position and it won't stand. So let's see. Let's see if they really step it up and demand that they get the documents. Why do you think the White House is totally stonewalling for, for you know, an easy term? Because that's clearly what's happening. And do you think now that this whole appointment of a special counsel, even though obviously Merrick Garland had to do it, it looks so bad for Joe Biden. But do you think, as we're looking at everything now, that maybe it was just one big guys to basically use as an excuse because he knew that it would just drag on and on and on and on. I mean, by the time these in, you know, special counsel investigations, usually they go on least months, usually sometimes for years upon years. You know, we might be in a wheelchair, uh, you know, in an old age home by the time that Biden, you know, is uh, is going through uh, the paces with the special counsel. This could go on for a long, long time. And in the meantime, they may use it as an excuse not to hand over documents. That's a really interesting thing. What are your thoughts about that? And does that show that this has just been rigged from the beginning? 1-800-848-9222. is the number to call. Here is Senator Mark Warner. Now, this is interesting because he is a Democrat. And he's saying, you know what? Uh, this should not stand. Even he believes that the Senate and other members of Congress, you know, some of the House also on the Intel committees, thank God Schiff and Shifty Schiff and Swalwell aren't there anymore on the House side. But on that whole process, they believe that, yeah, these documents should be handed over, that the American public deserves to know what's in there. And I'm actually seriously concerned about national security. When you're looking at Hunter and all that stuff, you kidding me? That guy is a walking national security risk. Here is Senator Mark Warner. Take a listen. I'm very disappointed with the lack of detail and a timeline. We're going to get a briefing, not on anything dealing with criminality. That's an appropriate Department of Justice responsibility. Um, but it is our responsibility to make sure that we, in his role of the intelligent oversight, know if there's been any intelligence compromised. No, if there's any intelligence compromise. And boy, do we need to know the answer to that. And the fact that right now they haven't even scoured the Rehoboth Beach, the FBI. They've just went really quickly, remember, as we know, to his location. 
uh, that we know of. That's the Wilmington, Delaware with the Corvette and everything else. Remember, within like a few minutes, they stumbled on a whole bunch more documents. So I'll bet you, you know, a million bucks, there's probably a whole bunch of more documents out there, guys, probably strewn all over all these other places. So it's like time to say, hey, turn them over. If you're not, we're going to have to call in people. We're going to have to do even more in terms of subpoenas. And they're going to have to get tough. I mean, this is outrageous. On the Democratic side, all you hear is January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. And meanwhile, we have a president who has a drugged out sign, a son, and we've got like strewn national security documents all over the eastern seaboard. I mean, this is crazy. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan, line five. Susan, your thoughts about all this? Oh, well, you know, the thing that's like barely spoken about, which I find uh, just earth shaking, is this. um, Oh, I've got to read this here. The um, Biden Penn Center. Okay, that was funded in 2018 by the Chinese. Is now, you know, you think, okay, Penn Center. Some people think Penn State. It's University of Penn, but it's a mile away from the White House, the center in Washington, D.C. And, and by the way, I think, by the way, the Susan, Chinese. Susan, you know what? I think it's even closer to the Chinese embassy than it is the White House, by the way. Um, but, but, they do, as far as we know right now, we know that there was tons of money that went into the uh, Penn, uh, University of Penn. All right. So we know that um, it went there. We don't know how much of it went exactly to the Penn Biden Center, but suddenly these donations were like quadruple fold as soon as Biden opened up the Penn Center, Penn Biden Center in D.C., as you appropriately said. Um, and then the other question is just like, I think the other thing when you hit on the Chinese, too, first, we'll find out about the funds, because I agree with you, that needs to be looked into. And then the other issue is the question of also um, the documents, if the documents are related to the Chinese. That's a really interesting coincidence. And remember, Hunter got millions upon millions from some Chinese, very suspicious people. Boy, things are getting really heated. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everyone. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, if Hunter Biden isn't a national security risk, I don't know what is. And I don't blame Republicans and now Democrats are saying to the White House, we need to see these documents that were apparently hung out by your beloved Corvette, that your son who lived at the house and was paying $50,000 a month rent. Yes, that's there's so many questions tonight. Um, but we need to get to the bottom of it. And I 1,000% agree. And I'm happy to see that there are also some Democrats with a conscience that say it's time to start investigating with the big deal here. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Nine two two two. Let's go to Stan. Line one. Stan, your thoughts about this? Rita, you're leaving town for three days. Take me with you, baby. Don't hey, leave. Stan. Stan, you. This is really good that you called up with the ruse, since you and I are escaping <laughs> to some desert island. Are you taking that a vacation? They're, they're all you're all taking, up all for it. 
You're taking some time off? I don't blame you. Yeah, you know time. what? I am actually, and Stan, you're so cute to bring it up. I am actually taking, um, these are the first days off I think that I've had in a year and a half. Oh. Um, so I'm actually, and I'm leaving it in the able body hands of my dear friend, Dominic Carter, of course, WABC radio host, who's going to do just, a great job. You just gave me uh, antacid when you said that. Because, <laughs> uh, that that's a $2 talk show host, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, no. Uh, Dominic, oh, yeah. Dominic, oh, yeah. But I'm not going to say anything. We call him, anyway. We call, by the way, we call him the $2 million guy around well, here. But go well, ahead. Anyway. Uh, it's, it's overpaid. <laughs> but that's another no, story. No. Right. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 before, wait, wait. Hang on. Before you move on, yeah. we love Dominic. I adore Dominic, and he's going to be well, great. So you and I, when we go to the desert island and we sip our little <laughs> martini together, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to Dominic. How's that, Stan, right? Speak for yourself. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 10 anyway, martinis. Go let's ahead. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. I uh, love you, Stan. Uh, you're, you're, uh, enjoy your days off. You deserve it. You, you do a good job. You Thank know you, that. my friend. Even Thank though you. we fight, and I don't mind fighting. But I okay. love it. I love it. Uh, you know, Listen. lovers always fight. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Fairy tales will come true. <laughs> anyway, let me, let me uh, as far as I can see, uh, you know, the Republicans, nobody, no Republicans open their mouth about Trump's papers. Nobody. Nobody said a thing. Not a word. Now, Let's see what the papers are. That's fine by me. I don't care. But let's see all those papers. By the way, remember we talked about past administrations? The FBI did say they're starting to check with all the past administrations now. See what, if you've got any documents, yeah, right? They've yeah, been and, in. Unbelievable. Stan, did you hear this? There's, there, it came out. In fact, I thought of you um, when it came out that Jimmy Carter uh, says he found documents. My first thought was, was it recently or were they in Rosalind's underwear or wherever, right? But it turned out that he found them after he left office. He did scour. So in 1981, he made that discovery. Isn't that wild? So to, unbelievable. To, to your point, I think. I think probably, whether they admit it or not, Stan, I think every former president and every member of Congress and probably anybody who might have had access to a classified document that was supposed to return it, um, and hopefully they did, but I think so many people are scouring over their houses and their Corvettes and whatever else. The difference, though, but but Stan, the, the I will give the Senate credit that Mark Warner and Rubio and Cotton, all those guys are saying, we want to see all the documents. They're saying not just the Biden. They want to see the Trump documents. They want to see the Pence documents. I still contend keeping them by drugged out, you know, porned out uh, Hunter is not exactly the safest place. Rita. You know? yeah, yeah. By the way, the one, the last place you want to put it in is in his uh, pot pipe because uh, uh, that please. gets used too much. But go Rita. ahead. Go Rita. ahead. <laughs> they, uh, I don't know if you heard, but... They found a box of Lincoln's documents, and one of the documents stated. Wait a minute! One of the he wasn't shot at uh, Fort Theater. He was at Carnegie Hall at the time. So, hey, uh, there you, by, by the way, by the find way, something I'm, new. But you know what's really scary, though, Stan. In all seriousness, what is really scary is that these documents seem to be all over the place, and the recklessness. The problem Biden has with this there's there's twofold. There's obviously the national security issue and the whole thing with crazy Hunter Biden is the last place oh, you want. Him, will no, you? no, I actually I won't forget yeah, him. him. I mean, it, I, you keep way, talking. The, yeah, he ain't going nowhere. Stan, Stan, I I I actually disagree with you. I think Hunter Biden will be facing a subpoena. I bet Maybe, you within six but months. You gotta have something so, before you can face a subpoena. Well, you, you know what? Have guess, guess what? I think all you have to do is look at China, Ukraine, Russia. That means I, nothing. Stan, nothing. Stan, they have enough for a subpoena tomorrow. Okay, they a have subpoena. enough for a subpoena. I agree with you. They absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So and let's get to the bottom of it. But separately, 
The point I have on Biden, he's got a couple issues. He's got the Hunter Biden issue, okay? He's got that, whether you're Hunter, 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 whether you want to hear it or not. He's got that. But then in addition to all that, he also has the issue of that he looks bumbly. He either is taking the documents and strewning them all over the place, which is a huge issue, or he's like a bumbling idiot who can't remember uh, which way, which leg to put his pants on. But go ahead, Stan. I agree. Look, I, I have stated to you that I thought that's ridiculous and so forth. But we will see. The Hunter Biden thing, you keep talking. You, it's not, nothing there. China, he didn't make any money. Oh, yeah, we'll right. Yeah, right. He only made millions upon millions. There's nothing there there. Stan, I'll meet you by the palm tree. Third palm tree to the right. I'll see you there, my friend. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Stan. We're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families and also salute those who support our militaries. The Home Depot Foundation now getting a shout out as they announced a transformation of 60 transitional units into permanent housing units for veterans experiencing homelessness in Detroit. The unit is going to feature 60 new apartments. Each unit includes kitchenettes, upgraded features, along with renovated common areas to serve as permanent housing for these veterans. Renovating the the units, rather, made possible by lots of donations, obviously from the Home Depot Foundation and also the Rocket Community Fund. Now, the Home Depot Foundation said these converted units support the city's ongoing efforts to reduce veteran homelessness, toward zero, which would be great, and also a dynamic, measurable, and state where homeless veterans can really be taken care of. By the way, uh, Detroit is one of the 105 communities in Built for Zero, which is an initiative to measurably reduce homelessness to basically a functional zero. And boy, it would be great um, if there were not any people homeless, and especially our homeless veteran. Bravo to the Home Depot Foundation and also their other supporters for making sure that veterans, first and foremost, are taken care of. My goodness, when we talk about all these stories here on the show about the migrants and getting the old cushy, cushy place at the Rowe Hotel and the Westin and also at the Watson Hotel, I am happy to do a nice story about veterans, homeless veterans, getting shelters. So bravo, bravo, bravo to the Home Depot Foundation. We are talking about Joe Biden and the fact that the White House continues to stall, stall, stall. They are not handing over any documents. And a number of members of Congress are saying, hey, wait a minute, we should be getting access to this. We want to see these documents to know if anything was compromised. And especially, my goodness, even though Stan doesn't think Hunter Biden is a problem, I guess he thinks porn and crack smoking is fine. Well, despite that, uh, Hunter Biden is one big mess. And the fact that he was staying at the house where we know that most of the documents so far have been found, just the ones we know about, I can't even imagine what else. Uh, I would, I contend there are so many places that should be checked immediately. And the fact that Hunter Biden 
according to Miranda Devine and some other folks who have seen some information on the Hunter Biden laptop, she's the reporter who broke the story for the New York Post. She says that she was going through it and there is stuff on there that appears to be classified information in emails that Hunter Biden may have sent to somebody. Maybe he doesn't remember. He was so cracked out at the time. Who knows? Maybe one of his Russian chicks was like sending it to somebody. The people who were paying him big mucks. I mean, it's not out of the question when you see that guy who can't figure out Parmesan cheese and crack cocaine. So given all these dynamics, I think absolutely at minimum, we don't necessarily need to see what's in the documents. Obviously, we shouldn't. They're national security. But those who have the clearance, like those on the Senate Intel Committee or the House Intel Committee, they should be able to see it and assess also was there damage. And and what is it? Is it really stuff that could maybe link right to Hunter Biden? Is there something with China like we were talking about earlier? Is it something with Ukraine? We do know that there's China, Ukraine docs, Iran documents. Are they things tied to maybe somebody who paid money to Hunter? I mean, this could be very explosive. And by the way, if they're not, then we need to know that, too. But there's a good chance that maybe there's something tied to good old Hunter and the big guy in there. And if it is, we need to know about it. The American public deserves to know about it. And especially because it sounds like President Biden is planning to run again. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to David in Pennsylvania. Uh, David, go ahead. Your thoughts about a good old Hunter Biden. Hey, yeah, wow. Uh, hey, Stan won't say it, so Dave will. Okay, give me a second to uh, unpack this document before I blog ask it. Now, I'm announcing on the Rita show, Dear Leader, what he's going to run on. Okay, now we know Dear Leader hates the fossil fuel industry. We also know that Dear Leader hates the automotive gasoline industry. And we also know that Dear Leader wants to save the unwashed masses with his policies. So now I don't want Dear Leader to be a hypocrite, so I'm calling on Dear Leader to run that Corvette to the nearest salvage yard right into a hydraulic compactor and do his part to save the planet. Thank you. Oh, Dave, that was actually pretty. By the way, you're very calm for blowing a gasket. That's you have like good blood, uh, you know, blood pressure. It's a, it's a good a good speed there. You got good pressure. I'd like Stan, well, Stan, who's like blowing a gasket even on a good day. But go ahead, Dave. No, I'm so what I'm what I'm saying was thank you for allowing me to get this out so I don't blow a gasket. Well, you can really you can release it all here, so that's okay. So I'm happy to be the the the. Uh, uh, the respite for you here. But Dave, you know, your point's an interesting one. You're right, because he talks about how much he hates, you know, by the way, it's such a, uh, you know, you think about all the climb, all the Davos people who flew to Davos on their private jets. But you're right. It's the same sort of uh, psychology because, listen, he loves that Corvette, and yet I'm sure it is one of the biggest gas guzzles. It's not an electric car, right? You know, you bring up a great point. Do his, do his contribution for it. Uh, I don't think he will, because there may be too many documents stuck in the engine. It might be too tough. Let's go to Bob in Yonkers. Dave, thank you, and I'm glad. Great talking to you. Let's go to Bob in Yonkers. Line two, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good. What, what do you think? Uh, how big of a deal do you think this these breadcrumbs could be in terms you know, of Biden and Hunter? Because he's in serious, serious trouble. But on a serious note, 
McCarthy needs to send those subpoenas out right away because we can't wait any longer. This is, this is ridiculous. This country is about to go under. Yeah, no, I, listen, I agree. It is serious stuff. And I think they have now the power to send out the subpoenas. They got to hurry up because they're, they're clearly not going to be acquiescing to them. So they've got to there's going to be a lot of back and forth that they need to do to be fighting. Uh, you know, they're going to say, oh, no, you don't have jurisdiction. Yes, we do. And listen, the fact that Hunter Biden was in the House, that opens up a huge can of worms with these documents. And that's why I think, you know, you know, you can sit and go, oh, well, the documents were uh, other people had them. They didn't have them to the extent they didn't have them lying in a garage uh, with a drugged out son who has clearly had potential to be compromised. All of these things just open an enormous can of worms. And that's why I think um, this is really a mess for Biden, too, because it opens the door for these members of Congress, the Republicans, to say, okay, you don't have the visitor log, so we're going to have to question Hunter. We're going to have to question all the girls that he was with. Uh, the president ultimately will have to testify. I mean, there's a lot of serious questions here. And I don't think, I actually don't think the press is going to let even Joe Biden sweep it under the rug because they're seeing, you know, it's so obvious for their own eyes that there's a huge issue here. And I think they're going to actually start asking even more tough questions. And that's why I don't think it's going to be a easy street all the way. Bob, thank you. Great, great call. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita. Again, a shout out to you for always recognizing the police and the veterans. Thank you. you. Know? Thank you. We love you. And I know you're both, right? You're a, you're a cop and a veteran, right? No, no, no. I'm not a veteran. I worked with a lot of veterans, uh, Vietnam and MTA. And that's what I did my 25 years. Thank you. Um, thank you. That's why I knew yeah. I knew you had a love for them just like I do. So thank you. Oh, yeah. And and your friend Stan, uh, uh, you know what? Get your own show on the Internet, dude. Really? I mean, uh, you, you couldn't you couldn't shine the shoes of Dominic Carter. All right? I, I agree. Did you hear what he said? He said Dom is two bucks. I said he is two million. How dare he? Damn How dare right. Stan? Yeah, damn in. right. You're damn right. And you know what? You're a smedrick, Stan. You're a smedrick. I'm Italian, proud to be. I, I know a little, uh, you know, a little, a little Yiddish. A gavon. A, a gavon. <laughs> a gavon. What are you doing? Disgrazia. Ah, there Disgrazia. you go. There you go. Nostrovia. You know All right. <laughs> oh, funny, man. You know what, Rita? Uh, Hunter Biden and his, and his father, Joe, did their scam on a shakedown artist for decades. And right. He doesn't know the difference between baby powder and cocaine. And you know what? He's another disgraciad. And let's hope they got enough on him and he can, you know, he has to sell his Corvette, his little red Corvette or whatever else. They're, 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 they're skivots too. You know, they really are. But, you and know, you know, Mike, question. Mike, I do have to correct yeah. you, though, because it was it wasn't the crack cocaine and the and the powder. I think it was the crack cocaine and the Parmesan cheese. And in fact, let me let me play it so we can. Here we go. Hang on. OK. All right. Hold on one second. And then we'll talk about what a Gavoni is afterwards. Here we go. You know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that re- even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, <laughs> anyone that you know. There you go, Mike. There it is. Go ahead. That's funny. I, I like my Parmesan cheese. My kids are half Italian. My daughter and son. Uh, I like Parmesan cheese, and I, I have to have the red pepper, too. By, by the uh, way, Mike, uh, I used I to always date Italian guys, but not for the guys. I would always date them for the mothers because the mothers were the best cooks ever. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what. Classic. And, and again, I got to leave you. You got the people on deck. Uh, rim shot. Where's my drumsticks? That's all. All right, Rita. <laughs> Mike, you're great. Thank you so much. Take good care of beautiful South Carolina. We appreciate it. Let's go to Joe. Line one. Joe, your thoughts about all this and also where the where things are going to lead uh, between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. That, that guy's a mess. We just played him confusing, you know, crack cocaine and Parmesan cheese. The guy's a mess. Well, he's not only a mess. I mean, th- this is a true national security problem, as far as I'm concerned. You know, Stan, the man can say whatever he wants. He's never going to see the other side of this, and that's fine. There are people like him on both sides. But I believe that this is a head fake with Joe running because they don't want him to run. So eventually he's going to pretend he's running, and then that's going to take the pressure off anybody else, like Gavin Newsom, who was in the White House, when he was overseas a few months ago. You know, so he's that's, in the wings. That's, he's in the batter's box. Yeah, by the way, you know, it was interesting, too. You bring up a great point, Joe, because the other day when Biden was doing some announcement, it was like, uh, like almost like you're uh, uh, Karnak, you know, amazing Kreskin, because right over the shoulder of Biden was you could see Newsom standing there and thinking, oh, is he going to run? Is he not going to run? Or what's going to happen? Or do I need to step in? Just like you said. Um, and I also think Kamala Harris And even though she's been a disaster, obviously, as a vice president, but she has been pretty vocal lately doing speeches and things. I don't count her out to think about also waiting in the wings, as you can kind of tell. I mean, it's just been uh, it's been amazing, amazing, amazing. And by the way, everybody, I'm going to continue with your calls after the break. Also, um, we'll talk about Biden, but I also want to get your take on something as we talk about, you know, we do on here on the show are back the blue every day and we talk also about justice every day. And before I leave you, I want to talk about something. I was so happy to see that a jury came back today, thank God, uh, came back with a verdict. And this is in this case of Saipov. This is the guy who was inspired by ISIS. If you talk about somebody who's sort of one of the worst of the worst, and this is why Joe Joe Biden's going to get tough on ISIS and not leave, by the way, in uh, Afghanistan, $85 billion worth of goods. But... A jury came back. Their report said it was about six hours of deliberation. I'm wondering why it took more than six minutes. Honestly, if I was on that jury, I've been on a jury before. Um, and it was really fascinating to be in the jury and to see the what goes on. And I'm glad that they cared and listened and heard everything. But this guy, right after, this is the guy who had the truck and mowed down a crowded bike path in New York City. Remember this guy? Uh, and I believe he was shouting Allah Akbar and all that stuff. And then after he was uh, shot by police and taken to the hospital, he was smiling, hanging the flag of the ISIS state in his Manhattan hospital room. And then he also was basically saying, ah, you know, well, whatever, you know. And the defense was essentially they didn't call any witnesses. They basically part of the defense was that he wanted uh, rather wanted to seek martyrdom, that he was after martyrdom. Like that's a defense. Like we're supposed to excuse somebody. First of all, what kind of defense attorney thinks martyrdom is an excuse for killing eight people? And what took them six hours? Why do you think they actually took six hours to serve justice to this guy? He could face the death penalty. But we're going to take calls on that and also continue with Biden as well after the break. one 800 848 The Rita Cosby Show.
And we are talking about how it is important to get tough on terrorists. And that's something Biden hasn't really done much on. But he is getting tough on basically Trump again. That's his strategy. It is like a Trump bashing holiday for President Biden. And that seems to be, I think, his campaign salvo. I think it's his opening campaign salvo. And my gut is... I think he is planning to run again. I think he thinks, okay, now that other people found some documents elsewhere, maybe it exonerates him. Maybe they won't really go after his crazy, drugged-out, Parmesan-addicted, crack-addicted son Hunter. Uh, I don't think he's getting a free pass. I think he's in la-la land if he thinks he can sail through. But take a listen to what he said a few hours ago. It's all anti-MAGA, anti-MAGA, same old story. Take a listen. So we have a rhetorical question. What in God's name would the Americans give up the progress we've made for the chaos they're suggesting? I don't get it. That's why the MAGA Republicans deliberately choose to inflict this kind of pain on the American people. Why? Why? This nation has gone through too much. We've come too far to let that happen. I will not let it happen. Not on my watch. I will veto everything they send us. Not on my watch. I'll cancel anything that resembles energy independence. Not on my watch. I'll have gas prices go high and not worry about it. Not on my watch. I'll hide documents and still the FBI hasn't searched my property. Not on his watch. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy in Staten Island. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, good evening. How are you? I just want to tell you, in God's name, I'm a devout Christian, and what's going on, I try to keep a happy heart and a pleasant mind, but I am going through, Rita, a terrible depression right now over the state, and literally a depression. I'm on the medication. I'm so sad about what's going on in this world, let alone the United States of America. This puppet... I don't understand how he could have said what he said tonight. I mean, I had to shut it off, and all I did was pray. And then I got up after my prayer, and I heard you, and I said, let me speak to Rita, because you have a great heart, and I know about your dad and Poland and all that. And I prayed, and I thanked him when you said that over the radio. But this country, we have become the laughing stock, I believe, and it's the Chinese Communist Party that frightens me and this Biden. Now everyone has a document. It's like they're for sale. And the other thing I need to just digress on is um, why doesn't this country get together and go grab Soros by the throat? Now, I'm sure you, hold, you heard this of from, you know, in redundancy. However... That man Soros, he's a demon, literally, and he's alive at 90-some-odd years old, still trying to flip this country. That was his main objective, and that was his first um, about the marijuana. He wanted to have it come here way many years ago, and there was another talk show host, and Schumer got together, and they knocked that out. But I don't understand the Schumers and the Pelosi's and everyone. This is the greatest country in the world. And these people that are appointed by Soros, they should be just ripped out of their seats and put back and just get out of office because they're destroying us. I have great you, you nieces know what's interesting? and nephews. By the way, hang on, Jimmy, Jimmy, because you got a lot in there, which, by the way, and, and, I, and, and also, I greatly appreciate what you just said about my dad. That was so beautiful um, of what you said. And, um, but I agree with you. 
that uh, Soros, what's shocking to me, Jimmy, is that people are voting for these DAs that Soros is funding, these soft on crime DAs. Um, I was reading, by the way, uh, earlier tonight that um, killings by young people, minors, you know, under the age of, you know, 16, 17, potentially. Now, in some states, they raise the age, you know, to 18 in New York and other places, um, making it, in other words, that they get a slap on the wrist if they're younger than that. Um, that they're doubled, basically, that homicides are doubled. I mean, it's scary. It is really, really scary. And and it's and but I don't understand these people who vote for them either. Do you, Jimmy? I mean, it's like who's voting for these soft on crime DAs after they see their cities falling apart? Absolutely. But I don't want to keep you because I know you're busy. But I want to just say just yeah, I'm just doing a radio too. show. Don't worry about it. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. George Soros, when we saved him in from World War Two from Hungary, um, it was told through his history, I read about him, this demon. He gave up uh, the Jewish people to the Nazis and said their families over there. The fa- so this is the type of demon that this country has to be um, at the behest of that he's doing all this horrible horror. And he sits pretty in his uh, mansion on the hill as we're dying left and right. And my niece and nephew... They're both married. They just became lieutenants on the police force. Oh, how great. How great. It is. And by the way, Jimmy, by the way, oh, go ahead, Jimmy, real quick. No, no, but believe me, from my heart of hearts, reader, as God is my witness, I pray every day when they go out that door that they come home. They have three beautiful children, and they need to respect back again the blue. God bless them all, and God bless you. And Rita, whether you believe it or not, I do love you, and I think you're a fine, fine person. Your dad did well, and your mom making a creation such as you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Jimmy. I really appreciate it. And by the way, um, echoing some of the things Jimmy was saying, um, I had one of the greatest honors of my life tonight. I spoke at the U.N., and I was the MC for a huge event for Yad Vashem, um, which is the World Holocaust Remembrance Center. They unveiled their book of names And it's in the lobby of the U.N. If anybody goes by, um, also, if you get to Israel, it lists 4.8 million names of those who perished in the Holocaust. They're trying to get all 6 million names. Um, But it is a powerful testament to unbelievable heroes, what they went through, and to always remind us, as Jimmy just said, never, ever again. Everybody, I'm taking a few rare days off. I'm leaving you in the able-bodied hands of Dominic Carter, and I'll be Wednesday back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.